Hi, everybody. My name is Jared Nolrad. I am the host of Rewriting Hollywood, which is our podcast that celebrates and recognizes uh, issues of inclusion, equity, and representation, as well as social impact in Hollywood. I'm also the founder and president of Movie Karma, which is our nonprofit organization that works on those issues and created our podcast. Uh, so today, I'm really excited to have a special guest that is certainly using the power of story uh, to have a social impact on the world. Uh, his name is Dan Redfield. Uh, he's a director of the new documentary, Granted a Wish Story, uh, which is a documentary that we recognize as part of our A Show for Change Film Festival. Really excited to talk to Dan today about his journey as a filmmaker, uh, as someone who's you know, a social impact filmmaker, but also to talk a bit about his latest project. So Dan, thanks so much for being on the show and for joining us. Really excited to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. So let's dive right in, Dan. Uh, we, we saw that you're uh, an award-winning artist. You're the founder of a nonprofit, which I want to talk about today. Um, and you've had kind of a freelance journey that's emerged in your own life. Uh, I wonder if you could just talk about your own your own journey there. I understand you started your own business and nonprofit. What, what, is, what was that like and, and what sort of inspired you to move along those different paths? Uh, yeah, well, I didn't certainly didn't choose to go down all these different paths. If I would yeah. have uh, drew it up on paper and really strategized, I would have known exactly where I was going to go and just went from A to Z. But life doesn't really seem to work that way. So uh, my journey started as just a, a for fun filmmaker. I'd make little uh, video game montages and I thought those were cool and uh, wanted to take it a step further. So um, took an internship and just kind of absorbed everything that I could and learned everything I could. And um, I had a passion for motion graphics and that's kind of where I found a little bit of a niche. But, you know, as an emerging artist, you kind of have to take whatever jobs come up. And if it's a lighting job on a film set or gaffing or delivering coffee or, you know, whatever it is, um, you got to pay the bills. So I would take just kind of random jobs and, and it was nice to do kind of every step in the production phase because I could figure out what I liked, what I didn't like, um, and where I'd want to spend my time. So uh, filming, editing, motion graphics, those are kind of uh, the things that get me excited. And to be able to do those different things all the time is nice. It keeps it fresh instead of just doing one thing, you know, and, and just sticking to that. Mm -hmm. So in Alaska, we got to wear a lot of different hats to be a, a successful production business or freelancer. So, um, but it's nice because it keeps things fresh. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, given all the different hats you've been wearing over the years. Um, you, you've talked a little bit about your philosophy and, and your belief that every morning you have a choice uh, and, and you continue to sleep with your dreams or you could wake up and chase them, which, which I love. Um, and you've named your business Wake One accordingly. And so uh, talk a little bit about, about that philosophy, that, that ethos um, in, in terms of you know, waking up every morning, pursuing, pursuing what you want to do, uh, maybe with some winding roads along the way, honing your craft. Uh, and and you know, how did that philosophy emerge for you? Uh, so uh, I, I never consider myself, uh, when I walk into a room, I'll never consider myself the smartest one in the room. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've throughout my life, throughout my hockey, schooling, filmmaking career, you know, I've never been 
the most talented. I've never been really the, the smartest, <laughs> not to downplay myself, but, <laughs> uh, but I have always been the hardest worker. And that's something that I pride myself on. Um, I'll outwork anybody, um, or, you know, so I think, or so I like to hope. Um, and so part of that work ethic is, is just getting up at, at five o'clock and knowing what I want to accomplish for the day. And, um, and just driving forward towards, towards making that a reality. And, you know, I know if I'm not going to outthink people and I'm not going to out strategize them, at least I can outgrind them. That's something that I do have control over. Yeah, no, absolutely. Your, your time and how you use it and, and how hard you work, you, you definitely is something that, that we can control to some extent. Uh, talk a little bit more, Dan, if you would, about balancing that though. Uh, you talked about some of the challenges of, you know, trying to kind of hone your craft and find your place in, in filmmaking and in the industry, but also trying to make a living. What were some of those, you know, struggles like, especially as you're also then launching a business and nonprofit? Um, talk, talk about that balancing act between your art and, you know, you know, surviving and making ends meet. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, it was easy because I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a family. I didn't have two kids. Right. Uh, so it was easy to just, you know, oh, I'll just do work and work and work. And, and that was all consuming and that was fine. But yeah, once I um, found a you know, steady relationship, my fiance and now my wife, two kids, you know, mortgage, you know, things definitely have to, you have to figure out, yeah, what's, what's your highest and best use as far as what you're going to spend your time on. So um, like I said before, I, at the beginning, it was just, you know, just full steam ahead and just grind it out. And now it kind of forces me to be a little bit more strategic and not only that, but um, lean on other people to kind of help me along the way. So with the nonprofit, we have volunteers that take a lot of the weight off of me. Um, not only take the weight off, but in some regards, they're better than me at their respective positions. So um, in the end, it's just a better product. Everybody kind of gets their hands on it a little bit and it's less work that I have to put into it. <sighs> yeah, for sure. Have a, <laughs> have a team around you is uh it, it, it's important being disciplined enough to know what to do and what not to take on and, and what to delegate and what not to uh i wonder you know as you've learned all these it sounds like learns all these kind of life lessons or career lessons along the, along the way you've definitely taken an interesting journey in terms of not just being a filmmaker but doing all these other these other impactful things so like what would you say to someone who you know maybe has those diverse interests of hey, I want to do social impact filmmaking, but hey, I also want to do other kind of real world stuff out there. Yeah. Um, well, in the filmmaking side, it was really great for me to be able to do all these different things. Um, not just to know what I want to do, but maybe, and more importantly, what I really don't want to do. Um, and then to figure out those things that I was passionate about and then, um, you know, just make that part of, the things that I wanted to focus my time on and, and excel at. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, how have you found the discipline to, you know, and the structure to, you know, manage your own, your own business nonprofit? It sounds like you've really been able to uh, maybe divide your, your time or your days in a way that, like, that helps you do that. As you said earlier, delegate to others to help, to help you as well. 
Let's talk a little bit about the film, Dan. Uh, this award-winning film. Again, we recognize it as part of our Show for Change Film Festival. It's called Granted, A Wish Story. Uh, it's a really powerful documentary about uh, family and special needs. Yeah, so um, in the summer of 2020, um, our daughter Ava was eligible for Make-A-Wish. And of course, summer 2020, COVID is in full you know, bloom, it's peaking, and uh, her original wish was to go to Maui because Ava's um, very sensory orientated because she's blind and paralyzed. Um, getting those other senses excited is really important for her. Um, so hearing the waves on the beach, feeling the sun on her face, the wind in her hair, stuff like that uh, was really important to her. And because we couldn't go to Maui, our next kind of option was, well, what can we do in state? And so Make-A-Wish partnered up with Great Alaskan Holidays, a local RV uh, distributor up here. And they were able to get us into a camper trailer and we could just go around Alaska and go places that we've never been, Ava's never been, and just get her and us out of the house. With Ava's um, diagnosis, there's been a lot of self-isolating even before it was cool with COVID, just because Ava's very frail, she's very fragile. Mm. And we have to, I mean, literally anything, you know, a, the common cold will put us in the hospital for a week. And that's not where Ava needs to spend her time. That's not where we need to spend our time. So, and with Ava, you know, she, she has a lot of stuff, you know, wheelchair, feeding, t feeding pump, suction machine. Um, so day trips are really hard. So this was the key component to mm. get us out for a couple of days, make a trip worth it. And we in the end of that summer, we took 12 trips, I think, um, all over the place. And I just filmed every trip and, um, and, I, and I knew I wanted to do something with it. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, if it was gonna be like a mini, uh, if it was gonna be like episodic, like a 10 part series, or I didn't know what really what the format was, but I just shot the whole thing and I was like, I'll figure it out kind of later. And then just the idea of documentary style um, with an educational component uh, just seemed to be like the best fit. And I think the you know, main target and the main goal of the film is to give Reagan, uh, Ava's younger sister, something to remember her sister by. Um, Reagan may not have memories of her sister, but this, this film will serve as those memories. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, love if you could share, uh, Dan, uh, in terms of the what it was like, you know, just making a little bit more about making this project, because as you alluded to, it's very, I'm sure, it's obviously very personal, I'm sure it's very emotional. Uh, what was that like sharing like such an intimate family story with the world and, 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 you know, documenting all these different parts of your family's journey in this time? Yeah. Well, first of all, it was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, driving the trailer around, setting the trailer up, breaking it down, hooking it up, grabbing Ava's stuff, grabbing my camera, filming. Like I look back and I'm like, how the heck did, did I even get some of those shots? Uh, so it was first and foremost, it was absolutely exhausting, but I knew I was only going to have to do it for the one summer. Um, and that if I was going to do it, you might as well do it right. So 
it was exhausting. Um, and yeah, it is a personal story. It is a personal journey. Um, but I feel like Ava's story uh, needed to be told and it needed to be shared. Um, that was kind of the biggest driving force is, you know, Ava's taught us so much. And, um, and I think that there's a lot to learn from outsider perspective, you know, people who may not be in that special needs environment for them to get an understanding of what a special needs family is and what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. So in the film we show, you know, it shows our camping trips, but it also shows, you know, what Ava's persevered through, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis to, uh, to care give for her, to give her the most comfortable and happy life that we can. Um, and there's, there's just a lot of work that goes into it. And a lot of uh, my close friends that I've, that I have maybe shown snippets here, here and there of it, uh, they're like, their minds are blown. They're like, I, I had no idea, mm -hmm. like, that's what goes into every single day. And um, so there is an educational component. And there's also a component of uh, relatability for other families that are going through this kind of stuff they're able to like hey look at that that's that's what I am doing was doing or possibly in the future will be doing for our kid and and so it, it helps as a sharing tool and component to um, give their friends relatives and family um, kind of a baseline of of what their life looks like too Hmm. Yeah, but it does. I was going to ask you that related question, which was what the impact of the film has been. You mentioned like some of your close friends are surprised learning about how much work it is and how hard it is and all the things you do behind the scenes for Ava and your family. But what has been, have you heard, you know, have you heard responses from folks who, you know, don't maybe don't know you personally or, or like, I wonder like what their reactions have been or surprise aha moments have been for them. Yeah, the aha moments are mostly just the amount of care that goes into it. Um, mm -hmm. But we have Ava, which is, um, she's um, a, not, not a typical child, special needs. Um, and then we have a typical child, Regan, who you can see right there. Um, yeah. And she's perfectly, you know, quote unquote, normal and typical. And it's like to raise Reagan is so easy in comparison, you know, because of where our baseline is with Ava. Um, and for most mm -hmm. of the people, you know, it's, you know, not easy. Parenting's hard, but when you have, um, you know, parenting Ava is just significantly more difficult right. uh, because you're not only parenting, but you're, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a dad, you're, you know, you're all these different things. And um, so the biggest kind of takeaway from people is just like, dude, I had no idea, like, that's what goes into every single day. You know, there's respiratory therapies, there's physical therapies, there's medicines, there's seizure medications. You know, she gets dosed half a dozen times a day. And if any of those doses aren't correct, you know, that throws off things and, so literally, you know, we are a physical therapist, we're a respiratory therapist, we're a doctor, we're a nurse, we're a, a digestive specialist, we're, you know, like all these things, there's just, there's just a lot of moving components that go into making her happy every day. Wow.
yeah, incredible uh, that you're, you know, that you're able to not only manage that, but also document this so that other folks can be informed and impacted by that journey. I want to talk a bit about your the nonprofit you founded, Dan, in addition to all doing other things you've been doing, uh, a nonprofit called Adventure for Ava, which helps families with special needs. Can you tell us a little bit more, Dan, about that organization, why you founded it, and just the journey that you've had so far with it? Yeah. So I like to think that um, everything happens for a reason, or if not, at least there's some type of positivity that can come out of it. And um, I'm a filmmaker by trade. I have this equipment, um, you know, looking back with Ava when she was uh, physically capable to go out outside. And, um, you know, that was something that brought us all together as a family. And that's just something that we enjoyed doing was just getting outside and, um, you know, naturally I would film it and, and make little short videos about it. So thinking about Ava's situation, thinking about the blessings that we've had with being able to just get her outside and enjoy those moments and then be able to document it. You know, it was just one of those things that kind of kept me up at night trying to rack my brain on, you know, how do I, how do I turn this negative energy into something positive? And it just, you know, <laughs> one day at three o'clock in the morning when I was just up, couldn't sleep and, you know, the gears are turning. Finally, it just clicked. I was like, well, we'll just take families outside on an adventure. I'll document it, make a film, give them the film and give them the photos and they can remember their, their special day. And, hmm. and uh, that was in 2019. And so now we're going into our third, third season Wow. And what has the response been from the families that you've been able to, to, to share these, you know, this, this documented time with? What, what have they said to you? Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, all the families that we serve, they're all extremely appreciative. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where the, the families that we serve, it may be difficult for them to get outside and adventure, but they're all fully capable. If, if you know of if you know a family with special needs, you understand how resilient, how strong, how, how ready and willing they are to go above and beyond to make things happen for their kids. So we're really not doing anything that they can't do on their own. Um, what we are doing is for some people just offering, you know, a gentle nudge, like, hey, let's try to break the mold for a day. Let's go do something maybe we haven't done or do something that you that you do do all the time, but let's capture it on film. You know, let's capture those those senses, those sensations, those smiles. Um, let's let's grab all that stuff so that you'll have it forever. Because time does have a way of just slipping by, and if you don't take a day to just capture it, um, you might miss those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Especially that fine as we get older, sometimes, and especially if you're managing all the things that family like yours is managing it can slip by uh what i wonder if there's a memorable moment or you know one particular family that you worked with that that their experience stood out to you yeah they're the one i mean they all with each family i have i can draw a parallel between yeah. them and ava it, you know depending on you know with with Koda, our first kid he had cerebral palsy and that was ava's original diagnosis or Kai on the sled dogs, uh, that was his big thing. He got to go ride on the sled dogs and Ava had ridden on the same 
dog team with the same musher that he did. So it's like every, every family, there's a parallel I can draw, but I think Kai was probably my favorite. So Kai's a nine-year-old boy, young boy, um, and he walks around with canes. So he doesn't have really good use of his legs. Um, but he loves dogs. So we decided that we're gonna take him to the Iditarod ceremonial start and he was going to ride on the dog sled up to the starting line. And in Alaska, that's a big deal. It's a big thing. People line the streets. Just the energy that's there is, is pretty incredible. And from the day I met Kai, he was very quiet, timid and shy. But the day of the Iditarod, when he jumped on the sled and heard the dog, and felt the dogs pulling the sled and people on the, the side of the road and just the energy there. I mean, he was literally just ear to ear, like he couldn't wipe it off his face. <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty special for me. And, um, and then later doing the interview with his dad, I had shared an intimate story uh, with Ava and I kind of got kind of busted up about it. And I was, um, I was getting emotional and and he heard what I was saying and him and I were just able to relate father to father, uh, having cared for, you know, a kid and wanting to be able to give them everything. And, and that day he was able to, to get a good smile out of Kai and, and he was able to capture it too. And it was just, uh, it was a special day for me and it was an especially special day for them. Mm. Yeah, that's incredible. And now they'll, they'll have that, obviously that, memory not only in their minds but in film too to, uh, to cherish uh yeah i mean it's incredible work i wonder pulling back for a moment dan like thinking about you know i'm fortunate to have you know many some some decent physical abilities i guess and mental abilities a lot of a lot of my friends are as well and i wondered for those of us who are like you know not not in a special needs family or not in a special needs circumstance maybe even thinking more broadly at a policy level um, what are the things that you think could help families like yours get by a little bit easier um, and feel more supported from, you know, kind of society at large? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I can't really speak to the policy thing, but um, definitely our journey with Ava would be a lot harder if it wasn't for just the support of friends and family. And I mean, family, you, you kind of expect that they're going to be there to help you. Uh, friends, you semi expect the close ones to be there. But we've had people that we hardly even knew come out and just do amazing things for us. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's the support and. And, yeah, just understanding, you know, everybody's fighting a battle you, you might not know about. Um, and by shedding some light on families that are struggling with a child with special needs, you know, just, just give them some grace, give them some support and uh, yeah, just do whatever you can, whether it's big or small. I love that. Um, and my last question before we go into what we call a rapid fire uh, round is uh, it's just around more broadly, uh, you know, this notion of rewriting Hollywood. It's the name of our podcast uh, intentionally to sort of start to, reimagine what Hollywood could be in terms of storytelling, in terms of social impact storytelling, uh, the types of stories we tell, who tells them, et cetera. Uh, and obviously your project's a great example of that type of work. So I was wondering if you had thoughts on more broadly on 
you know, reimagining what Hollywood could be and, and what changes you would like to see in the industry to hopefully support more, you know, socially impactful, social change minded stories like yours. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, the Marvel films are really big, you know, everybody goes and pays their money to go see those. Um, I yeah. don't, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I think they're, you know, well, that's a, that's a rant for another day, but um, yeah. I, I'd be excited to see just more stories that are real life. I, I like documentaries um, and maybe just kind of, you know, just different stuff stuff that um you know maybe hasn't been seen before topics that haven't really been covered and you know if you're a decent filmmaker and you're passionate and you've got a unique angle you're bound to make something that's that's going to be not only eye-opening but something that people are going to watch um especially nowadays if it's fresh and different um so yeah i'd like to see more more things covering those topics that maybe aren't so much in the the um, limelight. So yeah, disabilities and um, special needs. Yeah, amen to that. Definitely, definitely agree. And that's a lot of the work that we try to support as much as we can. So that's great. Um, the last part of the interview, uh, Dan, if you'll indulge us, call it a rapid fire. Questions is where we just ask kind of quick questions and see what comes to mind uh, related to your own journey and, and some other topics. Um, so the first question we had for you was if you could share a film uh, or, or TV series that had a strong impact on you and, and what would that be? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> my quick fire answer is I don't know. I, I don't think I can okay, sorry. that one. <laughs> Okay, we'll take a pass, no worries. Uh, is there a favorite way that you have to relieve stress? I know you're dealing with a lot of your own life. So I wonder if there's you know, something that you like to do for fun, either with your family or otherwise, and if you could share that with us. Work out, okay, cool. I cried and then work out, yeah. It's a great stress reliever. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's see if you could travel back to when you were growing up and tell yourself one thing at that time, what would it be and why? Uh, yeah, just follow your heart, follow your passion. It's led me uh, all around the block and back again. But um, every all those experiences have added in a compound way to who I am today and what I know and and the person that I am. So yeah, just follow your heart. Love that. Well, on that note, uh, again, I guess say Dan Redfield, uh, director and creator of the new documentary, Granted a Wish Story. It's a really powerful film. Hope folks will have a chance to see it uh, and really appreciate uh, you, Dan, for, for being here and for all the work you're doing. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Well, we hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Dan Redfield. If you want to know more about Movie Karma, you can visit us at moviekarma.org. That's M-O-V-I-K-A-R-M-A dot org. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and wherever else you use social media at Movie Karma as well. So as always, we hope you all stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned for our next episode. Rewriting Hollywood was created by Movie Karma and hosted by Jared Milrad. It was produced by Lydia Orndane and Jermaine Dyson, and our theme music was created by Gerardo Garcia Jr. and Isabel Ingman. Learn more about Movie Karma at moviekarma.org.